two foundations of Pentecost dedicated to the repairing, restoring, preserving, and perpetrating the foundations of Pentecost. It is our prayer that as you listen, you will be encouraged and strengthened in your faith. And now, today's study from the Scripture. We've been looking at the book of Malachi, and uh, we are in chapter 3. The title of the lesson today is The Benefit of Obedience, and we're going to be picking up at verse 13 of Malachi chapter 3. But let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite His presence to be with us. Father, we're thankful for the privilege we have to come before You. God, we thank You for Your Word. God, I pray that You would help us this morning to gain insight from Your Word that we could apply to our hearts and our lives, O oh God. God, I pray that You would just speak to us this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just overshadow us, Lord, with Your presence, that You would speak to us through Your Word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms shall all pass away, but there's something about that name, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms shall all pass away 
But there's something about that name. Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 13. The Bible says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, It is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept His ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they that feared the Lord spake oft one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before Him, and for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon His name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts in that day, when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son, that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. God says, Your words have been stout against me. You have said it is vain to serve God. First of all, we find that the people in Malachi's day were watching the wicked. They were looking to the world. A lot of times it is easy for us if we are not careful uh, as we walk in the Christian life, we look at the things around us, we look at what is going on, and as we are are looking to those things, we get our eyes off God and we get our eyes on the world. And sometimes uh, we tend to look at them to such an extent that it's like, what good is it to, to serve the Lord? Why am I serving the Lord? It seems like there's no benefit. It seems like the wicked are prospering. It seems like... That, that the more that I try to do what is right, the more that comes against me. And the people that are doing the wrong, that, that they are getting by with it. And that life is going good with uh, them. As I was getting ready for church this morning, I received a, a phone call from an individual who was who was struggling because he had been trying to do the right thing and was trying to do what's right and, and, and things were not falling in place the way that uh, he thought that they should and, and, and probably the way that uh, God would intend for them to. But uh, they, th- it seemed like those that were doing wrong were benefiting more than he was in trying to do what was right. And, and that is what was happening with the people of Israel they said, what profit is there in obeying the law of the Lord? Now, 
If we look honestly at Malachi's time and at, the, at what Malachi was saying here in, throughout the entirety of his book, he says, you haven't been following my ways. You haven't been doing what's right. So uh, there was a large majority of the people that were not doing what's right, but they thought they were doing what was right. And so uh, they were saying, why should we obey the commandments of the Lord? Why should we do that which is right? The psalmist writes in Psalm 73, uh, Asaph began to feel this way. He says, <coughs> in the 73rd Psalm, he says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there were no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression and speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and the waters of a full cup are run out, unto the, or out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in their riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Psalmist says, I looked at the prosperity of the wicked, and it seemed like they prospered instead of the righteous. And sometimes it seems like no matter what we do, when we try to do what is right, they prosper. And so here in, in verse 14, the people are asking, they say, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is there to keep His ordinance? He says, and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord. Of host. In other words, they were asking themselves not only what profit is it to walk in obedience to the law of the Lord, but what profit is there in repentance? What profit is there in pouring our heart out to God in repentance of our sin when we see those that continually live in their sin seem to prosper? Part of the problem is a lot of times what we think of as, of as repentance is not true repentance. We think to come and to pour out our heart and to cry and to sob in an altar because we have sinned is enough. And yet we don't change our ways. 
A lot of times we have made some big mistakes in the way that we approach coming to God and, and, and coming to God in repentance. We ask people to come and to accept Jesus Christ into their life. We, we invite people to come to Jesus Christ and make Him their Savior. And then later on, we teach sanctification as though that's a part of making Christ your Lord. But did you know you cannot separate Jesus Christ as Savior and Jesus Christ as Lord? The only way we can really truly find repentance at an altar is to come to Jesus Christ and say, I surrender my life to you. I am giving you my all. I am not my own. I am no longer in control of my life. But I am turning the control of my life over to you. Here is my life. Take it. And that is why so many times we see people leaving the church. That is why sometimes we see uh, people that are come in to the church and, and, and make professions of faith and last for just a little while and then they're gone again because they have never surrendered their life totally to Jesus Christ and made Him Lord of their life. They just came and wept over sorrow of sin and sorrow of the consequences of sin but never made Jesus Lord. We must turn our lives over to Him. It is not enough to simply say, I'm sorry for my sins, if we do not turn over the control of our life to Jesus Christ. In verse 15, we find that the wicked appeared to be happy. He said, and now we call the proud happy. We find people asking, what profit is there to obey the law? What good does it do to repent? And then they look and say, why are those that are doing their own thing, why do they appear to be happy while we struggle? Why do they appear to have things going their way? And the problem is, we have begun to watch the world. I've, I've repeated it before, but I'll never forget the illustration that Brother Hampton made at camp meeting. He had a couple people come up on the platform and stand there. And he said, what we do is we have... Jesus on this side and the world on this side and said what we have done the world has got farther and farther away from the Lord but we've kept our eyes on the world and as the world has moved farther away from Jesus we have moved farther away from Jesus but we say we're the same distance from the world and so we think we're still in the same place that we've always been but if we would turn around and look, we have been moving farther and farther and farther away from Jesus Christ. 
But because we're the same distance from the world, we think we're okay. If we would learn to turn our eyes upon Jesus, to look to Him, to look to His Word, to follow after His Word, instead of keeping our eyes on the world. When I talk about keeping our eyes on the world, we must realize that sometimes there are parts of the world that infiltrates the church. By the world, we're talking about anything that is not walking in obedience to the Word of God. And so, we're not just talking about the out and out in society. But even within the church, there can be elements that are following after a worldly measure. And if we are not looking to Jesus Christ, but we are following other men, we will find ourselves drifting farther and farther from Jesus Christ. Verses 16 and 17. The Bible says, Then they that feared the Lord spake oft one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. There is a record being kept. And though we do not always see it, and though sometimes we feel like that that those who are not following after Christ may get away, God is keeping record. And when we are following Jesus Christ, and when we are doing right, the Bible tells us, To not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption from the flesh. But if we sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap from the Spirit. And though we do not see it right now, down the road there is a payday coming. And that payday not only is for the things that are done wrong, but there will be a payday for the things that we have done right. And as we have followed after Jesus Christ, and as we have sought after Jesus Christ, and as we have taken a stand against the evils of this world, and as we have stood for Jesus Christ, there is going to be a time when we will reap the things that we have sown. And we will be rewarded for having served the Lord. God has not forgotten us. Just because it looks like the wicked may get away with what they're doing right now. God has not forgotten His own. The Bible tells us that just because judgment is not executed speedily, that doesn't mean it's not coming. And that is judgment, both good and bad. We will one day stand before Jesus Christ and be rewarded for the things that we have done. And God keeps a good record book. God keeps a clear record. One day we're going to stand before God. And when we stand before Him... God is going to reward us. 
And we will see sometimes people receive rewards because they were faithful in ways that nobody else saw. And there will be people that everybody else saw and they thought that they would expected to get a big reward and when they get there, their reward will be small. Paul writes to the Corinthians and he tells them that all of our works will be judged by fire. Some of them will be wood, hay, and stubble and it will be burned up in the fire. Others will be gold, silver, precious stones that will survive the fire. What makes the difference? A lot of times our motives, our purposes. There's some people that will make a great splash. There's some people that everybody knows their name and everybody thinks that, oh, this person has done a great work for God. When they stand before God, and their works are tried by fire, it'll show up. Your motivation for working for me was for self-glory, not for the glory of God. But there will be some little old saints that have spent time on their knees. Nobody knew their name. Nobody knew who they were. Nobody ever heard them. And God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And they will receive reward. God keeps a record. He says in verse 17, And they shall be mine. We belong to God if we serve Him. If we have turned our heart over to Him, we are part of God's property. We are God's people. We belong to Him. And God will take care of His own. He says, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son. There is coming a time that God is going to pour His wrath out. But God is going to spare His own people. He says in verse 18, Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth not. Though the people of Israel at this time, and though many times Christians have a tendency to look at the world and think that they're getting away with things, or, or maybe not even the world, sometimes we have a tendency to look at the, uh, even the church world that is not where it needs to be, and we think, think they are prospering, and they seem to... But the Bible says there will be a distinction made. There is coming a time when God is going to separate the sheep from the goats. There is coming a time when, when there will be a return to God and there will be a clear understanding of who belongs to God and who does not. 
There's been times that we look at things and we think, God, why don't you judge? Why don't, why do you allow that to go on? But the Bible tells us that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God gives us time to come back to Him. And that's a wonderful thing when we're talking about ourselves. We are so thankful for the fact that God does not destroy us when we slip up and fail. And we are so glad that God gives us space to repent. But if we're not careful, we look around and we see others that do wrong. And we're like, Lord, why don't you just take care of them right now? We don't always want to give them the same mercy that God gives us. And sometimes we think, God, why don't you... Sometimes if we're not careful, we want God to just come in and purify. And... But Jesus told a parable about a landowner who sowed good seed. But in the night, an enemy came in and sowed terrors within the field. And when it sprang up, there was good wheat, but there was also terrors. And the workers went to the owner of the field and said, Should we go and pull out the terrors? Should we go pull out that that's bad? Should we tear out the weeds? The owner of the field said, No lest in tearing out what's wrong, you tear out the good seed as well. He said, let them grow together, and at the time of the harvest, it will be separated, and the tares will be cast into fire, while the wheat is gathered into the barn. And sometimes we look at things go around us, and we think, God, why don't you just take care of this situation? It's because sometimes there's some young tender plants around that if God just ripped somebody out of the congregation that was not right, it could destroy other people. Now there are times that God brings judgment within. When it, uh, For example, Ananias and Sapphira in the Scripture, God brought judgment immediately. And there are times for that. But I'm talking about those times when we look around and we wonder, God, why aren't you doing an Ananias and Sapphira work? It's because sometimes God is giving them either a space to repent or keeping the judgment from destroying people around them. And so God will allow them, but in the end, God will judge rightly. And God will judge justly. He is our judge. And He knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. The Bible says, Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth Him not. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesus. 
And as we keep our focus on Him, we can see clearly God's plan. We read from one of Asaph's psalms about how he looked at the wicked. But he says in verse 17, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. He says, when I got into the presence of God, the answer, when we look around us and we see wickedness and it seems like wickedness is prevailing and it seems that there is no judgment against wickedness and it seems like our efforts are in vain and it seems like that that everything that we have tried to do right has turned against us, the answer is to get into the presence of Jehovah. To come into the presence of the Almighty. To come into the sanctuary of God. To come to where He abides. And spend time alone with God. And when we spend time alone with God, we begin to understand the ways and His means. And we begin to understand. David had this problem and he had to encourage himself for he wrote in Psalm 37 fret not thyself because of evildoers neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb trust in the Lord and do good. And so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. And He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not thyself because of Him who prospereth in His ways. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. God has all things in His hand. And we need to learn to not fret 
over those who do wickedly, but to commit our way to the Lord, to trust in Him, to depend upon Him, to lean upon Him, because He knows the hearts of man. And He will reward the righteous and punish the wicked. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the privilege we have to know You through Your Word. God, I pray that this morning our hearts would be drawn near to You. God, I pray that we might give our lives wholly to You. Lord, that we realize that our life is not our own. But Lord, in complete surrender to You, we want to allow You to lead us, to direct us, to order our footsteps. Lord, that we might accomplish Your will on earth as it is in heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. This has been Foundations of Pentecost. We trust that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like to know more, please visit us at foundationsofpentecost.com.